Welcome in once again to the Red Rock Sports Podcast. I am Jared All. Alongside me as always, my partner in crime, Connor Holskamp. Hello. And joining us again, special guest on the producer chair. I guess you're in the producer's <laughs> chair, aren't you? Tyler Walgie, how are you, buddy? I'm good. Thanks for uh, having me back again. Yeah, I'm, we I'm had in so Ryan's much fun again. last week. We yeah. just thought we needed to keep the fun going. Yeah, I guess that's the case. So let's go. Round two. That's we'll right. mess this that's thing right. up. But I'll, I'll do my best to fill Ryan's shoes. Always tough shoes yeah, to fill. Yeah, Tyler so. later on in the day or in the show here has uh, a little fun, I guess, I don't know if you call it a game, but he's going to reveal his... Uh, tell me again, Tyler, it's your top five, top four, top four power rankings for coaches in Denver. Okay. If there were five power team or like big teams, I would do that. But, you know, we talk a lot of Broncos, Rockies, Avs, Nuggets. So those coaches, my top four power rankings and, uh, yeah, may surprise some people. Yeah. So we'll get to that later on in the show and, and that'll also be available on our Twitter. We want to get you guys go on, give us your thoughts on that. If you guys haven't followed us yet, you can find us at Red Rock Sports One. Before we get to that, we have some playoffs we need to talk. Denver Nuggets, since we last recorded, uh, went took one of two in Portland, winning game three and losing a pretty bad one in game four. They come home, they play tonight. Uh, again, we are recording here. It's just about six o'clock Tuesday evening, so this game will tip off here in about an hour. About to play, I know. I know. We got to hurry up here. <laughs> exactly. Sorry Get ready cut, for the game. <laughs> if we cut things short on you guys here today, that is why uh, being a little selfish on that one. Uh, but it's a, a, a interesting turning point. Obviously, game five tends to always be that way in a yeah. series. Uh, by the time the audience listens to this, this game will already have happened. So you guys will be hearing us kind of break down what we expect to happen here. But more importantly, what I want to ask you guys is, what is the importance of this game? Is this a must-win game for the Nuggets based on what you've seen so far in the series? I mean, I think it's probably as close to a must-win as you can get. Look, if we're going back to Portland down 3-2, you know, th that's not what you want. In, in a seven-game series, obviously, you want to have that home game if it does come to the seventh. But I think this is as close to a must-win as you can get for, for Denver. I mean, look, if they lose, I don't think it's a, a sky-is-falling scenario. Obviously, that next game becomes a must-win. But this is a big game. I mean, I think the, the Nuggets season comes down to this game tonight, and everyone's going to be a lot happier, clearly, if the Nuggets get the win. But this is a, a, a big game, and you know, hopefully they, they get it done. But Yeah, you know, uh, watching that game, that was, that was rough. <laughs> watching game, so game four. I, um, in an odd way, kind of uh, luckily missed out on that. So, you know, I've been complaining all series about these late starts, these 8 o'clock, 8.30 starts. Yeah, they give you a 2 p.m. start. Uh, I doing completely, over there, completely missed it. Had no idea. I don't know why. I never <laughs> saw it. I went golfing Saturday morning, you know, get home. I'm doing my thing. You know, it's like 5 o'clock. I thought, all right, let me see what time the, the Nuggets yeah. play today. So and I got to see so the So now we know uh, who, who we can point the finger at. You yeah. Know, for all my, you superstitious out there. I'm kind of an idiot if you haven't picked up on that one yet. Well, I did watch the game, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, it was it was brutal. Um, you know, though, uh, something about this Denver Nuggets team that has been so con consistent uh, over the past few years, let me put it this way. I, I don't see any evidence that this is a Nuggets team that is going to fold under pressure, right? Uh, there's, there's a couple things with that game. And, and so 
after game four, I'm sure many of you guys heard out there, Mike Malone was very critical of Michael, his team. Michael. Michael. Thank you. Thank you. Michael Malone. Which, <laughs> um, <laughs> I so, will not apologize I know, right? either. Uh, Michael Malone was very critical of his team's effort. He went as far as to call him soft. He said that, wow. that some players were playing That's soft. That's a dirty word. Um, and, and he even admitted, hey, uh, uh, you know, uh, somebody asked him, I think it was Ryan Blackburn, said, you know, how, how are your guys going to respond to basically being called soft? And he goes, yeah, you know, that's that is tough because a lot of guys take that as an attack on their manhood. But uh, we're going to show them the film. We're going to show them exactly where they played the way that I just said that they played. And we're going to go from there. So um, anyways, take that as you will. But but my thoughts, Jared, when I hear the head coach of the basketball team saying that they're playing soft, uh, lack of effort, right? And it, it's unbelievable, Michael Malone says, we're in a playoff game. I can't even believe that I'm even talking about effort, right? On one hand, that's concerning, right? This is a playoff game. How do you not get up for it? But on the other hand, uh, this Denver Nuggets team time and time and again has shown us, whether it be when they go down 3-1 in the playoffs last last year, whether it be when they lose uh, Jamal Murray or Monte Morris or Will Barton, they have stepped up and and really played their best when their back's against the wall. Um I'm taking the Nuggets tonight, and for all you listeners out there, you'll probably be listening to this afterwards. So, uh, you know, feel free to reach us on Twitter at Red Rock Sports One. <laughs> let me let me know how wrong I was if that was the case. But I really like the Nuggets tonight. Uh, I like them to win by by a good margin. Would you say though it is a must win if they lose this game tonight? Is this a done deal in the series? Uh, <laughs> you know, Jared, I. I uh, my brain works in ways that I cannot explain. I cannot call any game of my me me personally. What about like a su- what about analytically like speaking? I get it. What about the Super Bowl? I love how you know like Jimmy Kimmel always sends uh, Guillermo there to ask <laughs> questions, and every year he goes. So is this a must win game? Wait, would you classify this as a must win <laughs> game? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. In a series. All right. Yeah. yeah. Very good. Very good. But in a series, <laughs> me for me personally. I do not call games must-win games unless you have three losses. Well, I, I think another so. way of maybe looking at this is what's the what's the conversation tomorrow if the Nuggets lose, right? Obviously, if the Nuggets win, it's 3-2, we're up, going to Portland, things are as they should be. Even if you lose, you're coming back home for Game 7. We know what the, converse, what the conversation is going to be if the Nuggets win. What's the conversation if the Nuggets lose? I guess it depends on, on why they lose, you know? Uh, do they put out the effort, right? Um they're not going to lay any So, Connor, I, I think you're getting too technical into it because, in my mind, if the Nuggets go down 3 2, having to go, you know, win two games, one of them in Portland back to back, I just, you, you can't give Dame Lillard that kind of chance to beat you twice to put you down. I don't see a scenario where the Nuggets come out winning the last two games of the series if they lose tonight. But also, it, it doesn't matter. They're not going to lay an egg tonight. Like, dude, they're not going to come I, I, no, out and we're all in, in agreement on that. Yeah, but you see this all the time. You know, it, it's... It goes back and forth. You're going to have up games, down games. In the NBA, it, it's 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 common that in a seven-game series, you see a 15-point blowout, and then the other team comes back and but wins. But Tyler, so. that plays into why I believe if the Nuggets lose this game tonight... That's two in a row, especially if it's ugly at all. I, I just don't see the Nuggets being able to bounce back and turn it around. If you if you truly lay an egg tonight, 
That's hey, trouble. Hey, it's it's I, done. They're not I don't think they're, they're going trouble. to. I actually think you're going to see a very, very motivated Nuggets team. I think they're going to come out hot in that first half, and I think we're going to see more of what we saw in game three. Oh, that Hansel hey, man, so I, hot I, right After now. watching the, the playoffs last year, I can't say that about the, the Nuggets. I can't. Uh, true. I mean, tell I mean, that, tell sure, that to the sure. Nuggets and Clippers last year when sure. it was 3-1. Tell it to the Jazz and the, and the Nuggets yeah, when it was 3-1. Yeah, but you keep putting yourself in this spot. You, nah, can't, you can't keep getting yeah, in right. these bad let's, positions. Let's agree, Jared. I will agree with you on this. It is a very important win. You got to take care of home home court, right? You got to take care of that. You you did your job. You went to Portland. We talked about this last week. Yes. You did your job. You went into Portland. And, and, you won one of those games. I think it's important to look at that. Yes, it's easy to get caught up in how game four looked. It was ugly. That was the biggest deficit of any game in the series. But guess what? You still accomplished what you went out to Portland to do, which is get the series back in your favor. Now, how about how about this? So, so I agree with you. One, I want I want your reaction on this, and you too, Tyler. Michael Porter Jr. Game four, one for three shooting the ball. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that, Connor. Having not watched it myself, right? I look at the set line. I kid you not. I checked three different websites to confirm that was correct, right? And then I went and looked at the injury report to see if maybe he got hurt or something along the way. What happened? Something weird was going on. It wasn't them shutting him down. It's it, not like he didn't he, get his he, looks. He to me has not just no. Has he not he found didn't get his looks. So okay, all right. I'm, I'm gonna but Michael I'm gonna, Porter Jr. has never been one to shy away. No, from, no, of course. But that's, no, but he has, that's why it's shot. so concerning. All series long, even in the early games when he put up decent stat lines. He never seemed like he was in a rhythm. But, he but, never but seemed like he was taking over a game. But don't you think for something like this, it's so unexplainable? It's something that we don't have access to knowing. It's kind of like the Aaron Rodgers thing. Remember last week or a couple weeks ago, whenever you said, Connor, whenever you said, it's probably something with Aaron Rodgers that's so out there and so weird that we don't know. It's probably the same thing. He was probably, he probably tweaked something in warmups. He probably felt sick. Maybe he had some bad pasta the night before. So I don't ever order the pasta primavera. My, remember that. <laughs> never the pasta primavera. But I don't know. I, I would assume it's something more like that okay. than, oh, they just shut him down. This great defense. They figured it out. I don't think that's the case. All right, I uh, I have a different opinion on it. I I, I, I could see that that could, that could be the case. Um, I look at Michael Porter Jr.'s series, and he goes from twenty one shots to eighteen shots to fifteen shots to ten shots to three. That's pretty. Uh, or, yeah, it's or, pretty sorry, linear let me, let me in terms of 10. decreasing. But, yeah, but 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 so he. I mean, the, my point is, yeah, he he has decreased every game in shots taken. Um, they are getting into him now. Here is here is my uh, thoughts on it. I deduced. Uh, maybe perhaps incorrectly. Nice from, word. From, yeah, thank you. Hmm. Uh, from, from, Everyone, pause. Go look it up. Spell real quick. it. Spell deduced. D e d u c e d. I believe. Oh my god, putting me on the spot here. D e d deduce. Yeah, D E nice. There we go. Congratulations. All right. So, <laughs> what I have deduced, whether incorrect or correct, uh, from Michael Malone's comments, was that he was talking about. Michael Porter Jr. with the possibility he might have been talking about a couple other players. But the reason I say this, okay? And, and when you say he was talking about, you mean when he called them soft? Yeah, thank you. Uh, when, when he called them soft and he said that they weren't playing with effort. So here's where I get this. Michael Malone, uh, in addition to soft, no effort, was talking about not being physical enough. Like within the same sentence and the same question. That's, that's how he described the play. The very next question, he talks about the bench and how the bench played good. The bench kept him in it and and in the first half when the starters got down, they weren't in a groove. The bench came in, played good, kept us in the game when we had no business being in that game. And, and he, he was impressed. He liked the bench's effort. So 
you can pretty much, if you read between the lines there, throw out the bench that he was talking about, right? That wasn't who he was specifically talking about. Then you got the starters, right? He's not calling out Jokic. He's not. Jokic is not, you know, one thing Jokic does not do right now at this point in his career is just give no effort, right? Now, Jokic had a bad game. We can get into that in a second, but uh, I don't think he's calling out his MVP player, right? I I don't think so. Um, Could be wrong, but I don't think so. Uh, Facundo Campasso. I don't think that dude has any other gear than 100%. I really don't. I mean, you don't get yeah, this Yeah, nobody far. has ever said he's lacking. Right, right, right. I mean, hey, he, he, he sometimes gets beat and burned. He's 5'11". Yeah, right. By the way, he's listed at 5'11". No way he's 5'11", but neither here nor there. So I threw out Facundo Campazzo. I don't think I don't think that is who he's talking about. Um, so that leaves Aaron Gordon, Austin Rivers, and Michael Porter Jr., right? It could be any of those three, right? But when you look at the three shots taken by Michael Porter Jr. When you watch him just getting absolutely burned on the pick and roll, uh, I went back uh, and looked at the highlight video again, like the you know 10-minute snippet highlight video that the NBA makes. And I started watching some of these pick and rolls that he got burned on. He appears to have given up on some of these pick and rolls. He gets, he gets a body up and just kind of, that's it. Like He's not going to run through the screen or anything. So I think, and then you fast forward, right, to my from my deduction to uh, the practice interview uh, yesterday with Michael Porter Jr. And all he keeps talking about is how I need to be more physical. I saw the film. I need to be more physical, more assertive. I need to put my make my mark on this game. All this stuff that tells me that. That is the person that they were talking to. I, I could no, be I wrong. Think, I think I think you're uh, on yeah, the and it wouldn't and be I the think first time that Michael Porter Jr.'s defensive effort has been questioned and and just uh, all around physicality. He's a finesse player, and I think that's a reason why early on in his career he struggled to get on the court with the Nuggets. He's obviously proven how effective he can be, but to become that superstar, what the Nuggets need him to be, he has to take that step and be an all-around basketball player, not just a shooter. Right. I mean, we've been saying that, right? We've been saying MPJ it, needs to be that second scorer and, and what's happened, in, especially in the games that they've lost. Yeah, when you have um, guys like Austin Rivers as your number two scorer in the game, hey, he had a great game in game three, but... I mean, that's not right. a good sign for I your think team. That we're that's asking a guy that a was lot, a, a free agent in the middle of the season. I think we're asking a lot. I mean, if it wasn't for the Jamal Murray injury, these numbers are irrelevant. I mean, he's asked to do I so disagree. much this year after in that the injury. First round, he wasn't sure. ready for this yet. But in he's the first round, 25 but you want to go... I know, but I don't think he's ready. But w- this is the thing, is we get so stuck. It, it, it's like market to market... Everyone thinks these little key players are so much better than they actually are. I'm sorry, Denver fans, but everyone over elevate overestimates these guys and what they can do. This is the playoffs. This is where guys like LeBron James, Damian Lillard, the best of the best come alive. I don't care what you're doing in the regular season. It's a whole different game. And I don't think Michael Porter Jr. is ready next to year, fill that Tyler, role. Michael maybe Porter Jr. is going to be asking to get paid like a superstar. Yeah, so he's got to prove to make, he is a superstar. I just uh, think it's too early. I, I, I think... I think uh, uh, change the scenario and pretend Jamal Murray is out on the court. The Nuggets would be having aspirations for an NBA championship. Not that they don't now, but would be a legitimate. But it's different threat. being the number three on the Nuggets team. But compared in to order being the for two. them to have had a legitimate chance at winning an NBA Finals, Michael Porter Jr. would have been asked to be doing the same things he's being asked to do right now, just to win a first round playoff series. Yeah, but it's, but a, it's a different scenario. But they had those aspirations. That's what they need from a guy like Michael Porter Jr. And if he wants to get paid 
top dollar, which he's going to, regardless of who it is that pays him. Someone's going to pay him a max deal. I I just think it changes everything. To to your point, Tyler, uh, I think there is something to be said about... um, you know, this is the first time Michael Porter Jr. has been asked to be in this role. I mean, he is, for the first time in his career, a spotlight of teams' defenses in the playoffs, right? And to your point, the playoffs are a whole different beast, and it is not uncommon for players to require kind of an adjustment period their first time in the playoffs. Now, granted, that doesn't apply to certain players. Go look at Nikola Jokic. He absolutely dominated from his very first playoff game in, in the league. But, but go look at Jamal Murray. It took him a little bit of time in his first playoffs, you know, to, to really get going. Um, look at, okay, now this is a little bit of a drop-off in, in talent level, but hey, we love the guy. Monte Morris right, had right. such a bad first playoff experience that he got benched, right? Um, I don't think it's all that uncommon. So, um, you know, it, it's that, that's but look, a good point. it's something to watch for. This game... Game six, if there's a game well, seven, let's see it's if definitely he can get his shots for. off because yeah. that's the, the Nuggets need that, and and we'll see. And and we also and, need the Nuggets need Jokic to come. Uh, back, and I was gonna say, so. as, as we saw in Game Four, Jokic can't always carry the load. I think they're gonna need other guys like a Michael Porter Jr. to step up and and really take over a game and go win them a game. Yeah. Hey, real quick, I, uh, before we move on from the Nuggets, I do got my stat of the week for you, Jared. Is it related to Michael Porter Jr.? It is not related oh! to my, I know, I know. But it is <laughs> Nuggets. Right. It is Nuggets. So. <laughs> All right, Connor, give it to us. Yes, yes. So, stat of the day. <laughs> of the stat week. of the week. We, we don't do dailies here, you know? Uh, all right. <laughs> so, for all you uh, Nuggets fans out there, this is courtesy of StatMuse. Uh, it's a great follow on Twitter, by the way. You guys should add him if, if you're interested in stats like I am. So, Facundo Campasso who is listed at 5'11", like we said. Bless you. He is not 5'11". Yeah, if he's 5'11", a... I'm Santa Claus, okay? But Facundo Cabazzo, who's 5'11". He would five... make a great Santa Claus. He Claus. would make and a And I mean Santa. that as you, a compliment. The, the belly's been okay. getting bigger. It's there. It's there. So <laughs> Facundo Cabazzo is averaging one more rebound hey. per game than Kristaps Porzingis, who is 7'3", in this playoffs. Starter Hey-o. for the Mavs. You know, so there you go. That's uh, pretty good. I mean, even, even for the style of player... That Porzingis is that is still very very surprising. Oh, it's surprising. Yeah, I feel I like mean, you just happen to like have rebounds fall to you at seven three. I feel like Facuto Campazzo would be like an Austin Powers name. No, Facuto Campazzo. <laughs> <laughs> you know, no, uh, you lost Facuto Campazzo. So hey, you know, gotta love Facundo, <laughs> Facundo Campazzo. Gotta love his effort, right? <laughs> I mean, he's a little mite out there, but hey, he's giving it his all. So I thought that was interesting. You know, he's, I like it. He's averaging one more rebound per game than Kristaps Porzingis. Honorable mention for stat. Not Nuggets related, but I thought this was hilarious. I had to bring it up. Uh, Luka Doncic is shooting better from the floor this year. Uh, or, I'm sorry, this playoffs. He's shooting better from the floor than he is from the free throw line. Wow. He, he is shooting 51.9% field goal percentage and 48.1% free throw. Can't handle a pressure Get shot. Get out of here. Can't handle yeah. a pressure shot. Yeah. That's so weird. I know. Isn't that wild? Yeah, I never got How, that. I mean, are we talking like, is that like a, a skewed stat because he's only shot like six free throws I think or he gets to the or? line no he gets to the <laughs> right? line. I would say he gets to the line more than that but I don't I don't know honestly yeah. but that was a, another interesting one so there you go hey we look for Facundo right. Campazzo real, keep up real quick before we get, get uh, before we move off of the Nuggets like I said everyone is going to have already listened to or, or watched this game before they listen to this show so give me your score real quick on this game let's see who's the closest the score for the game score for the game I got the Nuggets winning 117 to 109 105, 101, little, little, uh, little lower oh, scoring. Nuggets are going to roll through them. It's going to be 133 to 108. Wow. 
Yeah. Good Ooh, God. Hey, yeah. mark that down. Excited. Hey. Uh, by the way, you never uh, gave me those those cold fizzies for uh, for that game. Yeah, we, we, we did kind of skip right past that. Yeah, yeah that was uh, especially because this is a flashback for those that didn't listen. This would have been what three weeks ago, I think, on our show. Uh, Connor and I put on a little bet between the Warriors and the Lakers uh, in that playing series, and wouldn't you know it? Old LeBron has to go hit a game-winning <laughs> shot at the final buzzer yep, yep. to win that game. I thought I thought I had it. Oh, I thought I wouldn't had you it. also know that you conveniently and haven't brought it up yet? I know. I was going to just yeah, like, right. He oh, just, just, just kind of did the Homer Simpson exactly. into the hedges. <laughs> I know. You know what well, I'm saying? tonight tonight not, might be the <laughs> night to do it. We'll go. We'll go catch the uh, the Nuggets game somewhere. That's what we'll do, Connor. There we go. So there we go. All right. Hey, go Nuggets. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we can all talk about the Nuggets uh, victory this time next week. All right. So but without further ado, it is time to move on. On to Tyler's uh, head coach power <laughs> rankings. Yeah. I keep freezing on what you're doing here. No, right? so, they, uh, they don't give me this information beforehand. I'm just dealing with it on the fly. It's uh, yeah. So we got some power rankings here. So we just went each coach, each Denver coach, one through four. All right, number four, worst coach right now in Denver. In my power rankings, I want to see what you guys think. Vic Fangio. It's clear to me he's – I, I was not happy with the hire in the first place, and I think that when you're in a division with the talent the Broncos are in, you got to be more innovative. you got to be more creative. you got to be better. And I think Vic Fangio is so average for what the Broncos are right now. So, And, and keep in mind, I think Denver has good coaches, you know? So right now in the list of four, he is fourth in last now, place. Now, do you want us to comment during or do you want to get through hey, the list? Hey, no, let me know. Yeah. I, I Go ahead, Connor. Well, I did, I, you're wrong. <laughs> you're wrong. <laughs> you're wrong. Okay, I think this year is going to be very telling for Vic Fangio. Yeah. Because so far, I think we could all agree he has not had the best talent to work not, with. Well, what are you talking about? The Broncos, if you take away the quarterback. Oh, wait, wait. If you take away the what? You the mean the most important position in all Pro Football Focus has said the Broncos have the fourth best roster in football if you take away the quarterback. Yeah, maybe now, but not two years ago. And guess yeah, how much it matters know. without good, a quarterback. Good defense. Vic Zero. Fangio. He's Ancient, I don't like him. Lots and uh, injuries. I think year. that I think that it's not even close. So Connor, I disagree with you. No, I think there's a huge gap between Vic Fangio. Are you and just giving three. a uh, sympathy uh, to Bud Black right no, here, Buddy Black? No, you Bud give him Black. The sympathy for, yeah, Tom, for having to right, let's get to Bud Black. Team. Let's get to number three. He's got to be three. I'm going to use your own point against you. <laughs> okay. Bud Black has done more with less. If there's one organization that I don't trust in Denver, it's the Rockies, and they've done nothing to make me happy over the last several years. Bud Black's working with nothing. He's got the most empty cabinet of any coach in Denver, and he True. gets better results well, than most managers would get with with, with uh, these teams. So well, Based on what? Bud Black. He's based got on no, his results. So, so, so Bud Black has it's nothing to work with. It's a terrible year, but don't be a victim of remembering what happened last. The, the Rockies have not been bad or terrible since Bud Black got here compared to how good they should have been. That's the difference. We're not winning National League West titles every year, but we're not supposed to. The Rockies are not a good team, haven't been talented in a long time. I think Bud Black is getting more with the Rockies than Vic Fangio is getting with the Broncos. Number two, Jerry Bednar. Now, how hard is it to, to coach the abs, right? That's the one thing most people will say. But I think it's that, tough. That one surprises me. I think it's tough because you got to manage the personalities. It's not, it's not easy to have all these great players. You know, sometimes it's a burden, obviously, for winning and for talent. It's a good thing. And, yes, a lot of 
coaches would probably be doing this with the Avs, but Jared Bednar handles these guys so well, you got to give him a lot of credit. So Jared Bednar, number two, and I think Michael Malone is number one. I think Michael Malone is a top five coach in the NBA. This guy's uh, to me, regardless so good. of that, though, you want to talk about working with talent in, in on an NBA team. I will argue that NBA coaches are the least important of all coaches in pro sports. You could LeBron yeah, James I, I could be that. coaching his own team all of these years. It would not have mattered. You did not need a coach on the floor. So to say that Michael Malone, I mean, Jared Bednar, this team was like record setting bad when he took them over. Yeah, and I'd what put he's Bednar done first. in a couple of years, I mean, a quick turnaround. He's made the playoffs, I think, four straight years now. I mean, I mean, Joe Sackett deserves a lot of credit too, but you're right. But Jared Bednar, I mean, you, you can't ignore what the job he has done taking, like Jared said, a historically bad avalanche team uh, to the top, and, yeah. and we're looking for a cup this year. So I put Jared Bednar at number one. I think T and T So you guys have Bednar number one. Hey, this no, is... No, you always tell me, Tyler. This is why these lists are so great. By the way, we'll put this on Twitter and uh, want to hear what everyone else thinks about, uh, about the list. You always make the point to me, Tyler, when we're talking about NHL, that hockey coaches actually do quite a bit uh, when it comes to that, yeah, you know, managing to who's managing on the, the ice, lines yeah, yeah, and, and yeah. doing the line shifts, dictating like uh, matchups. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, to, to Jared's point, I think because of that, so they're both have done tremendous jobs, but because of, I think the, the hockey and NHL coach just has a little bit more of an impact on the actual game than an NBA coach. I'm going to put Jared Bednar first. I'm going to put Mike Malone second. Vic Fangio third. Yeah, wow. And I'm going to go fourth <laughs> with Buddy Black. I like Buddy Black. All right? I like him. I think he's a good guy. But you know what? You say he's done. He has nothing. Yeah, he has nothing. But guess what? He's put out nothing. Uh, I mean, it's hard to tell the job that he's actually done because he has such a void of talent uh, with the organization. So. Yeah. You know, I, I would give Bud, I would I'd give it. Bud Black the nod ahead of Fangio myself. I I just don't believe in Vic Fangio, and I think we're going to see that this year. Um, although I will disagree with you, Tyler, in, in saying that he has has uh, had a lot to work with. I think the last year or two. When did he Broncos, take over? When did Bud uh, Black take over? Bud Black. Oh yeah. man, putting me on the spot he's, here. He's been there this for at least four seasons, season, maybe. I think, right. Okay, so so here's the thing: if you look at it. it in three, to, well, 2017 wasn't Bud Black, was it? To, uh, 2017. No. We, we look it up. No. So no. it was from 2018. If you look at the over under in Vegas, wait, let's check. He went he, he over the win total the first two years, and then last year obviously cut in half. But uh, I just think that look the Broncos. I, I just don't. I just think that Vic Fangio. It's also part of my rankings. I think Vic Fangio in the in the scope of NFL oh, coaches, Bud Black was hired in, uh, for the 2017 season. So that's yeah. why this stat says that because they won 87 and 91 games those first two years. And right. I think that also what goes into these rankings for me is if you look at Vic Fangio on the scope of NFL head coaches, and then Bud Black on the scope of MLB managers. I think Bud Black's a much better manager in the league than Vic Fangio's in the NFL. I think Vic Fangio could be the worst coach in football. No, no, it's a little. Uh, <laughs> It's a little tough because baseball, again, uh, to me, doesn't do as much. I think football coach does the most of, of all the sports uh, in, in terms of impacting the game. But the reason I don't like Bud Black up on this list, I think a couple years ago when the Rockies were in the playoffs, we were the Rockies were facing the Brewers in the first round. They had a really good team that year. 
they had a, a pitching staff that was top five, top ten in the in the, in the MLB, yeah. right? Top ten for sure, top ten in the MLB, uh, best pitching staff the Rockies have had maybe ever, um, and and they were full of of hitters on the lineup. I mean, from Charlie Blackman who was you know hitting well to Nolan Arenado, he was an all star, right, 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 to Trevor Story. I mean, look at hey, even last year in the COVID year when the Rockies sucked, uh, we had what five all stars. Um, I, I would argue with you that the Rockies have not had nothing. They have up until about now, maybe last year you could argue, have actually had uh, the, the tools to make a run. And yet we've been one and done every single year. The Rockies couldn't buy a hit in the Brewers series. Hey, so. first two years, though, uh, National League wild card lost and then National League, uh, the NLDS year two. So Bud Black's had... You know, he's been in the playoff twice. Yeah, out I, think, of five I think years. his team should have gone farther, though. That's that's my argument. If Vic Fangio can get to the playoffs two times out of five years, give him a quarterback. Yeah, I mean, if he goes give to the playoffs the next give two these years, guys something, dude. You, you, you get right. Fangio in the playoffs. Right. Aren't two you years, the biggest Drew Locke apologist in Denver, Connor? No, no, oh no, my no. god, Connor is after Drew Locke's dance and after a win to make the Broncos five hundred. Okay, Connor's just you know defending. Tyler him. over here is uh, calling me the biggest Drew Locke apologist based off of one factor, <laughs> one thing, one time. He he calls yeah, me out. All it he, takes and, is one, and he hates the fact that Drew Locke's dancing after after touchdown. Look, I would that, I wouldn't mind it if he's dancing. If and we're I called undefeated. I called if Tyler. The Broncos are in first place in their division, that, and we're looking to get the one such seed. A Tyler, dance take, away. I called Tyler. An Tyler old man. would be a good get off my lawn. I said I, that's what I, I said. Oh, you're out, out there I dancing, can't stand it, man. I can't freaking yeah, stand it. I said you know I like the fun. And my whole thing, and it doesn't Drew Locke, whoever it is, Cam Newton, everyone used to hate when he do stuff. You know what? You don't want him to do it. Quit letting them score, well, and that's no, what it goes down he, to. He, good you know thing nobody see, he nobody didn't score very often. He didn't score often at all. Every chance he gets, though, it's like it's like when a receiver gets a first down, and they're and your and their team's down by three touchdowns right. in the fourth though. quarter, and then they give the first down sign. It's I like, will defend every. I, I will on. defend every player's right to have fun with the game and celebrate it. That does not make me a Drew Lock apologist. I prefer my quarterback whole. to be okay. a professional. No, Call me like, crazy. Have fun out there, man. Have yeah. fun. I, I would be like Pete Carroll if I was a coach, man. Just we need, we need do, a, you do you. You do you. We need okay. a get off my lawn plug just <laughs> for you, Tyler. <laughs> get off my lawn. Okay. Good topic, Real guys. quick, before we right. move on, bonus yeah. points. If anyone can name a head coach of any of the other professional sports teams in Colorado. Uh, well, what is it? The Rapids and then yeah, the Rapids. You got Mammoth. You got the Outlaws. I'm gonna, I can't, by the, the way. The Outlaws. I, I, I think if we if I go Jim Smith, there's like a two okay. percent chance I'll be right. So I'm going Jim Smith, just the most generic name I can think of here. Connor's looking it up. Connor's disqualified. It is, uh, Pat Coyle. No, no, that's not. Yep, yep. Pat Coyle, Mammoth coach. I that got is it. Not, I it doesn't count. Fifteen bonus points mm-hmm. for me. Let's see the first Jim <laughs> Smith, Colorado coach that comes up. <laughs> No, we got like U.S. hockey president. Oh, 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 oh. Jim Smith, uh, University of Colorado. Nope, no, 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 no. It's a defensive tackle. Oh, yeah. I bet you uh, if, if you go to college sports, we could get it. Mm, maybe. <laughs> no, nope. All right. Well, All right. everyone on Twitter, go roast us. Let us know that we should know these uh, other other coaching topics. And should maybe we? let us know if you want us to should, talk should some, we, though? some And let us know what you think of, the, of our top four, of my top four rankings. Yeah, we'll get. How crazy I am, apparently, for having Bud Black uh, number three. Yeah, well, we all know you're a little bit crazy, so yeah. that's why we love you on here. That's why we like Good to stuff, bring you though. on. Good stuff. All right, uh, moving on to the Colorado Avalanche, who had a dominating win led behind their uh, number one head coach in Colorado, <laughs> Jared Bednar, winning 7-1. to one. That is a hockey score. Seven score more points than the Broncos do half the time. That's right. Uh, winning big over the, the <laughs> Vegas Golden Knights. Even. No. 
And wow. Wow. Yeah, I wow. didn't even see it coming. Yeah, it's uh it is incredible. Uh you just watch the the game and and the speed at which the Avalanche play their style of play is just so much fun to watch. Um and I think, you know, we we are uh, happy to have our, our Tyler here, who of course is our hockey expert uh, that comes on from time to time from other shows. So I'm really curious to hear some of his thoughts on it. Um, my thoughts are it really seems like a clash of styles when I'm watching the Golden Knights and the Avalanche. I see one team who who seems to want to fly up the ice. They want to get the puck and immediately move it up, right? And 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 fly up the ice, right? The the Golden Knights seem to be a team that wants to kind of control it back and forth, uh, make a lot of passes. They get in the zone and they want to they want to kind of get in the zone and make a, make a lot of passes around and, and control the puck and get that good shot. Uh, Tyler, what, what say you, hockey well, expert, I, I, about these styles of play? I think we're going to see, first of all, in terms of style of play, I think that what happened there is Vegas is so much more capable of playing how the Avs played, but they just got done with a long physical series playing they with Minnesota. They seemed like they were exhausted. That's yeah, it's almost point. like Born if you're now. it's almost like if you're boxing your MMA fighter and you and you fight someone for five rounds and then you turn immediately around and let's say you fight a grappler for five rounds and then you turn right around and fight a, a stand up boxer. You you get you kind of get lulled in and used to a style. You have to change styles, right. and so Minnesota. This is why I said a couple weeks ago, if the Avs got Minnesota, it was much better that that we get the Blues in the first round. So Vegas was just beat up, and they were used to playing that slower possession style. They just got done playing seven mm, games of it. Okay. So I think that was more of a combination of them being tired, beat up. They only had one night off. I mean, game seven was two nights and, before and that Honestly, game. though, that's why I love hockey. They're not exactly. soft like Get these basketball there. players. <laughs> giving them an extra day off to travel. Basketball strings it out. Yeah, oh, the, the, the NHL doesn't do that now, at all. Now, so, speaking of soft, have you ever seen a nine and a half minute penalty? I don't know if I ever have. No, and I didn't even know it was a thing. I know, yeah, that was yeah. <laughs> that was and while and, and and hey, to I I have a I have a uh, a buddy that I was talking to that, you know, loves the Avs, listens or watches every single game throughout the season. He is telling me that I am all wrong about Nazim Kadri, by the way, about my take last week where I am <laughs> good. I'm, I'm glad freaking out about Nazim Kadri. Uh, so, you know what's funny though? Is he he texted me immediately, right? When Reeves um it made that hit with Graves, right? Took him down, put his knee on his head. Yeah. Uh which Honestly, I I 100% think is BS. You you can't do that, right? That is a that's not a hockey play. That is an intent to injure and play. I agree that's to that the out of there. But you know what? I I texted him back and I said, "You want to bet that he gets less game suspension than Nazim Kadri does?" And he goes, "Oh yeah, okay. What? Well, check it out. Two game suspension. Is that all he got for Reeves yeah. today, handed wow. out by the NHL. Now, granted, I think it should have been a little bit more. Um, I still think what Kadri did was worse, but I don't like seeing these major penalties when people are out intending to injure people. To me, that's not physical play. No, and you're right. And, and, and intent to injure, nobody likes to see that. No, and so it was. It was, and it was getting also, chippy I mean, out there. They were. Kadri does have a bit of a history of that. May have played oh, yeah. into it, but yeah, that's and that's probably right. Yeah, well, but, so but does Reeves I, I, I for think that, that matter. I think that that. The, I mean, I, I don't think the Avs sweep, and, and it's an easy series. No. This is going to be a, a long series. So a, about, what, a week before the end of the season, the regular season, the Avalanche faced off against the Golden Knights. It might have even been closer to the end of the season than that. And it was a big game. Yeah. And the Avalanche took that game in a game that, that was in really, Vegas, too. Vegas, I thought, outplayed the Avalanche. They were more physical. They seemed like the dominating team, and the Avs kind of snuck one out. Yeah, exactly. And, and this last game felt the complete opposite. Like, the Avalanche, just from the second that puck dropped, dominated I, that I, game. I think we're overestimating 
or maybe underestimating how fatigued Vegas was. Like, that, that's a very real thing. Mm-hmm. And it's not just the fatigue of playing a couple nights ago. It's that you know they're beat up. But like, now, now so how can physical. you catch your breath, though? I mean, are they well, going to be able it, to catch it, their it's, breath? It's between... going to slowly get back to even for them. I mean, just think okay. about it. If they played every other day and it wasn't a seven-game series and they played every other day for two months, eventually they're going to get to the point where they're on an even level. So that's why it's important for the Avs to win these early games and to get that stranglehold in the series because, look, Vegas is not going to do that game two. We're going to see a good game, game two. Vegas is going to make it much more difficult on the Avs. I mean, if you look right now, the series price, it's crazy. You know, the Avs are like minus 450, these overwhelming favorites to win the series. And it's like, wait a minute. You know, I'm an Avs fan. I think the Avs are probably the best team right now in hockey, and I think they win the series. But if you look at what the sports betting market is saying right now, they're saying it's not even close. They're saying the series is over. It's like, wait a minute. All that's happened so far is the home team with home ice won game one. Like, right. you know, right. Tyler, I'm going there with them, man. The way the Avalanche are playing right now, their first line cannot be stopped. Right. It is an unstoppable Nico line. with that backhand as, goal. The first I mean, one, that was is, crazy. Is, is it just me or is nobody talking about that? That goal was yeah, unreal. Was yeah, this, I had to go watch it like five times to see how it even went in. Like physically, how did it make it in the net? Is it just me or is that... I, I, I kind of feel like the hell... <laughs> I feel like I have to like watch every hockey goal in slow-mo like four times <laughs> yeah. to figure out like where it actually went. I... Give major credit to you know who is Connor McGahee and all these uh, play-by-play <laughs> right. announcers because they are so on it, knowing in real time through the five hole. I'm like, oh, wait, wait a second, let's, let's slow this down to like one frame per second, and I need to like, okay, I think that went through the five hole. Right. Anyways, neither here nor there. <laughs> I have trouble like seeing in real time where the heck any of these pucks are going, but uh, uh, you know something that that. I know we were talking about Tyler. Maybe you could, uh, you know, elaborate a little bit for our listeners. Um, Nathan McKinnon, uh, I, I saw in the in the first period, Nathan McKinnon boxing out right in the crease. Right, uh, I think Landeskog, I believe, had the puck um, o- over uh, in the corner, and McKinnon is just parked right in front of the net. Right, I, I mean, he is parked in front of that. He is trying to get rebounds. He is screening. That is something he doesn't necessarily do throughout yeah. the season. Can you talk a little yeah, bit about that? It, it, it's it's a good sign because it shows me that the Avs, and, and like you brought it up, it, sh- it shows us that the Avs have switched what they're doing. You know, last couple seasons, the Avs have been a huge disappointment in the playoffs because they don't really change the way they play. This year, it's different. Like, like Jared Bednar, a credit to a good coach, has learned what they've done wrong in the past, and this team is coming out playing different. You're you're exactly right. It's it's so rare that we see McKinnon doing the dirty work right. in front of the net. They right. like to use his speed, like to have him control the puck, get get on the outside of the play. So he's he's like I said, doing the dirty work, you know, in the front of the net, tipping things in, you know, getting physical. It's like wow, that's awesome. It seems like Bender knows that, that you know, first they're, they're line Landeskog typically. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, um, Gable do that, but they don't often. You know, they'll do it sometimes, occasionally. The Avs will rotate and put someone on the front of the net, but that's not their prime offense right. with that line. So that was just something really good to see, and it shows me, you know, it's kind of like. It didn't even have to work. Now, it worked, but even if the Avs lost or it was a close game, something like that, at least it shows they're doing the right thing. You know, If you've got a football team that's pass, 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 playoffs come, you know you're going to have to run the football more. So if that team comes out, runs the first three plays, even if you go three and out, you're going, we're doing the right thing. It's going to work. So it's the mentality that you like to see from Jared Bender and the Avs, and it shows me that they've made adjustments to what hasn't worked in the past. And, you know, I, I think it also is a... a- 
credit to how far Nathan McKinnon has come with his physicality oh, sure. style, style of play. Because, yeah. I mean, it wasn't that long ago. I'm sure Avs fans all remember this, you know, 18, 19, 20-year-old kid, uh, for lack of a better word, very talented kid. That's just what he play, was. Playing There's on the no, ice. no apology um, for and it. Nathan McKinnon has, he is a he is a man now. I mean, he is a beast. He He's gotten a lot bigger and, and it really, it shows because I don't think, I don't think even three, four years ago, uh, Nathan McKinnon couldn't even make that type of a hockey Oh, move, for sure. You know? No way. But no it, way, right? I love seeing the the growth of players like that. You know, you see it around the league. Sidney Crosby is famous for that. He came in, mm, real call. finesse player, and now you look at him and he's, you know, being more and more physical. So, you know, these guys learn to play a different way, and I love seeing the growth. And, uh, is yeah. Sidney Crosby the Frank Gore of the NHL? I'm <laughs> <laughs> just, just wondering the no, ageless No, no, wonder. no. There has been I like a Frank. dozen guys that have could. Uh, we were uh, talking about Bobby Orr a few. Uh, oh, there you a go. Episodes yeah, Bobby ago. Orr. Bobby I mean, Orr. there you can't even put him. Uh, how many seasons has has Crosby been around? I, a long two, time. So long. many, man. Yeah. It's like we were talking about that before we got on the show, Connor and I. Where it's like it still hasn't registered to me that we're 21 years past the year 2000. And so some of these guys, you know, you hear Sidney Crosby. I'm like, what? No, he's like, I know, he's like a veteran. I I watch, sure, I watch college sports, and it's like their birth year is you know two thousand whatever two thousand three two thousand four. I'm like, whoa, that's that's weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's getting strange. there. It's getting there. I'm sure all you guys out there are feeling it too. Uh, but yeah, it's it, it, it was a great uh, first game. To your point, well, uh, Tyler, I almost I almost called you <laughs> your nickname here. Um, it's uh to your point, it's one game, right? Let's not make too big of a deal of it. I'm sure Jared Bednar, best coach in Colorado, is gonna prepare his team, <laughs> make make sure that that his team isn't getting too high after a win, right. too low after a loss, right? All those things. Um, I am excited to see where this is gonna go. Uh, if game one is any indica- the indication, this is going to be a battle of a series, and I mean like physically. Like yeah. th- there are gonna be fights, there was there's frustration bubbling over. Um are these the two best teams in hockey, Tyler? Uh, right now, my power rankings have Boston number two, but okay. Vegas is third. So, okay. I mean, it's for everyone out there who thinks that, that Colorado's that much better than Vegas, I mean, these two teams are really very, very close. And, and I just want to put, for anyone who maybe not listened to a previous yeah. show, uh, Tyler's power rankings are not his opinion. Um, rather, they are a statistical uh, analysis that he has put together for his professional sports betting yeah, exactly. to make a power ranking. Yeah. So. And, Tyler, of course, has his own show. It's the Sharp Angle podcast that you can listen to. That is also a Woos Media podcast. This is, of course, a Woos Media podcast. If you guys are interested in learning more about Woos Media, just type into your search browser for your uh, your whatever podcast listening you're, you're listening to now. Search Woos Media. You'll get a chance to see their other shows. They have several shows ranging anywhere from Tyler's sports betting shows. There's a college fo- couple of college football shows and, of course, this one as well. Yeah, no, good stuff. But uh, we just launched a YouTube channel. Channel too, so uh, yeah, it's, it's all gonna be the big time. We get to I see know. Tyler's pert to face there. Uh, I know, but uh, the YouTube it's starting out super basic and it's gonna get more and more complex. But yeah, Sharp Angle Podcast if you're into sports betting, but that's where I base these on. And my power rankings, yeah, like Connor said, it's all math. And, and honestly, I, I like to do it kind of blind, where you're not really looking at the team names, you're just put feeding it data um, because you know human bias is a real thing. I and mean, it's something that a lot of us can't escape. You know, I love when it's politics or sports and you got your friends that say, I'm not biased about anything. It's like, look, are you a human being? Well, then you're biased in a little bit, even if, right, you know, you're trying right. not to be. So I, I know that if I, if I incorporated any of my own opinions into that, it would be skewed, you know? So you look at it and sometimes I get in my rankings. I'm like, huh, 
that's interesting. Look at how high the Islanders are this week, but whatever. So anyway, right now I've got the Avs as the best team, Boston uh, Bruins number two, and then Vegas number three. So. And you might be one of the least biased in the uh, Woos Media family, if I'm going to be honest. Yeah, You're I definitely know. the least biased in the room. <laughs> I mean, I hey, <laughs> hey I, I embrace my bias, all right? I'm going to say, hey, this is a, uh, a, a show for the fans. We talk about Colorado sports. We love Colorado sports here. We got bias. Yeah. Deal with it. You know, I'm going to embrace that bias. Uh, I'm going to try and do my best to, to recognize that bias and, and tell you where I think should, people can do but, better. But also, we make too, some... I think that goes both ways because, like, uh, you know, you look at our uh, the way we've handled the, the Rockies so far. And, and those out there that are interested in hearing more Rockies, you know, we'd love to talk it. But, I mean, frankly, you got two great playoff series going between, you know, with the Nuggets and the Avalanche. It's kind of hard to talk about a team that's like 20 and 34 right, right now or whatever they are. Uh, so I think it goes both ways. We love our teams, but we're also not going to drown you guys out with stuff you don't want to listen to. Connor, or, do you want to make some t-shirts, some Woos Media, Red Rock Sports t-shirts that say, we got bias? Ooh, we got like bias. That? I think that's yeah. a good tag. I want to make a t-shirt that says, I shred my own cheese. You yeah. do shred your own cheese. Well, yeah, it's I not lying. It it's a real thing. If you guys don't shred your own cheese listening, it's a life changer. It's a game changer. It doesn't take that much effort, and you got to start buying blocks of cheese, but they they spray Things like with pre-packaged uh, shredded cheese, so you get much better quality cheese. Oh, if especially you if you're gonna melt cheese. that cheese. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You get these emulsive cheese. It changes the game. Changes the cheese game. See, the problem is, is that little block at the end that you end up with. Oh, you know, you you shred it to the very end, or you you chop yeah, that little I, block up, eat it. I like I, to eat I the know cheese. The problem. Whole. I don't need to eat more food while I'm cooking <laughs> oh, here. I, it's, it's bad enough already. You got to shred your own cheese. It's life changing. All right, hey, I got one more question for Tyler before we move on from the abs. Yes. Okay. So when you look in... Do we think Nathan McKinnon shreds his own cheese? Yes, I believe so. <laughs> I don't know. He's a Canadian. He's probably uh, into yeah, cheese Canadians curds. Are weird. It's cheese curds. Oh, yeah, oh like goodness. cottage also, cheese, Also, if you've maybe. never had cheese curds, go get them. <laughs> okay. Sorry, Connor. Extra squeaky. Okay. Okay. Fantastic. All right. Let's, uh, one, one more question. Getting, getting back to the track here a little bit. Uh, so you look at the Avs going into, this, uh, going into the playoffs, right? And if you were to ask any of the hockey pundits out there what the Avalanche weaknesses were, right? Uh, the biggest one that would come up for most, common, most commonly was goaltending, right? Yeah, at least goalie now, depth. At, at least, uh, sure, okay. So, so the, but, okay. so the goaltending as a whole mm-hmm. um, for the Avs would have been probably on the top of the list for most people's weaknesses, quote-unquote, for the Avs. So... I look so far in this playoffs. Grubauer has been playing pretty well. He's been playing. Oh, yeah. He's been playing well. Okay. Yeah. Would Would um, you say just just in the playoffs, top five? Grubauer. Grubauer. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. So so my question for you is, um, and now we you know hope nothing happens, right? But if if something were to happen where Grubauer has, don't to you take wish a couple, that on me, Ricky yeah, Bobby? I don't even want to talk about this. <laughs> I, I, I'm wondering, are you confident that no. that the Avalanche at the level they're playing right now can still get it done regardless of who's in goal, or has Grubauer been that important so far to to this playoff run? Well, obviously you get a seven-one win. It doesn't really matter who's in net, but overall, um, even yeah, Grubauer matters, and and. I think it's two different questions. Has he mattered so far in these games? Probably not. You look at this series with the Blues, game one against Vegas, maybe not yet if, if you look game to game, but there's no way I'm confident as an abs okay. fan if Grubauer gets hurt. So so, so it's, a, it's a good sign to you that Grubauer's been playing how For he sure. is. For sure, yeah. yeah, yeah, good. yeah. How, right. how would you compare that hypothetical to the Nuggets losing Jamal Murray? No, I think Jamal's such a big lie. It's, it's comparable. It's yeah. very so comparable. It seems yeah, to me like a very similar losses. situation. Like You still have a chance your chances just went from about you know I think I think twenty or thirty percent down to yeah, like actually, a five to ten. That's a really good example because I I don't know which one would be more. I mean, Grubauer would be 
devastating. But so was Jamal Murray. That was yeah. devastating injury. It so was. either it way, was. honestly, Grubauer's the X factor. All right. Well, I, hey, I we think, wish we wish yeah. everyone. I know. Good let's not. Yeah. I, I think you <laughs> can get count off on this offense uh, from the Avalanche. I think they're defensemen. I mean, they're deep there as well. I think the one spot that is the X factor is Grubauer not only staying healthy but continuing to play as well as he has because I would argue he has played better in these playoffs than we've probably ever seen out of Grubauer. Yeah, he's, he's hot had right some now. moments. Well, we see and, we see some flashes of Grub Grub no, over sure. the last he, few years. He's been but good. he's never he's, been a guy that's been consistently great. Yeah, and if he can keep it up, the Avs are going to be in a real good spot. But yeah, we're also on the horizon of a couple low scoring games. You know, we're gonna the, the Avs are gonna have a couple games where they score. One goal, two goals. So where, where do they have gig group from? Was it the Flames? Uh, Washington Capitals. Oh, the Capitals. Yeah. All right, there you go. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, thank you. Uh, yeah, let's go, Avs. Hey, let's go, Avs. Let's uh, let's let's hope for good health and let's uh, keep cruising on this playoff run. It's been a lot of fun. There we the, go. The Avs are on the cusp of pulling off some greatness. The Colorado Rockies are not. Oof. Although they're like why you uh, do this ter- to me, terrifically, <laughs> terrifically <laughs> terrible. I don't know what's the word I'm looking for. They're they're fantastically horrible. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like a train wreck. I know, Connor. You had a, no a bonus stat of day. the day you were giving me earlier. Oh, yeah, told me earlier stat. today so, that bonus uh, just really, really brings in into uh, perspective how bad the Rockies have been so far this year. Yeah, yeah. So the uh, Rockies were just shut out recently at a doubleheader um, at Pittsburgh, uh, which means the Rockies had scored seven runs total in their last ten road contests. One right, powerhouse. Pittsburgh. Also, real quickly before you get to your stat, last week we pointed out. How the Rockies had been winning games, and ever since then they've lost every. Ah, uh, yes, so yes, just good for us. Well, I mean, way hey, to go, show. Hey, so, uh, anyway, so so that seven runs in in the last ten road contests is the second fewest runs in MLB history over a span of ten road games, uh, more than only the Houston Colt Forty Fives <laughs> from June sixteenth to twenty fifth, nineteen sixty three, and they had, uh, yeah, uh, so uh, bad. It's a bad rut for the Rockies, but. I'm going to continue to throw on the misery, right? What, what do they say? Misery likes company. So I'm going to accompany this miserable stat with another miserable uh, mm-hmm. point here. Good. Let's keep <laughs> things up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the, the Rockies are 3-22 and 22 this year on the road. 3-22, and 22, Jared. That is good for a 120 winning percentage. Ready? If the season ended today, which it doesn't, <laughs> let's keep in mind. If it ended today, that would obliterate... The the lowest winning percentage for road for a road record for any MLB team in history. Now I'm going to give you these next four teams that it would obliterate. Right, the Rockies right now three and twenty two, one twenty road winning percentage would be the worst. Number two worst would be the 1935 Boston Braves at one sixty seven. Oh, so I mean, I mean, think about that one twenty to one sixty seven. All right, so number three, the nineteen sixteen. Philadelphia Athletics uh, with a 169. Then we got the 1945 Philadelphia Athletics again, uh, 171 winning percentage. And wrapping up the bottom five, I should say, not the top five, uh, would be the 1909 Washington Senators uh, who had a 195 winning percentage. I love how baseball stats, you always go back to like the 1800s for something that's happened. It's- and anytime you go back that far, it's not good. You don't want to be in the <laughs> I mean, same category I mean, you're looking, as that. You're looking over 100 years yeah. on some of these teams and, and even the most recent on this list is the 1945 Philadelphia Athletics. That's what, 80 years approximately? Math. I mean, hey, on air math no never good but that is impressive and so i know we have this ongoing thing on our show where 
we are counting whether the Rockies will be over or under 100 wins. I took the over, perhaps naively, no, at you the beginning the, of the year. Took, or the under, under, sorry. Yeah, for the under. 100 losses. You took the under Correct. 100 losses. Thank yeah. you. I yes. also think they'll be under 100 wins. Well, just, yeah, I'm yeah. just going to throw that out. <laughs> sorry, sorry. They actually I, I may already be statistically <laughs> eliminated. Yes, for yes. That. We, we have an over under 100 <laughs> losses, right? And so I naively was the only one on the show, I believe, that took the under 100 losses. Uh, starting to is, come around. I, huh? I, I am... Uh, I am a little bit nervous on my earlier prediction. I'll just put it that way. Well, I think they're 54 games, something like that, into the season, which is uh, about the one-third mark of the season. So it's not like we're talking a small no, sample size here. I, I mean, what, what you're talking about there is they even have some like margin for error. Like Even if they go on a winning streak or two, they still may end up with the worst road record ever and, and, and still end up with 100 losses. I mean... Yeah. It's unreal. Do we do we want to pile on some more? We didn't get to Dick's dollars. Oh yeah, we can do, do, we wanna, dollars. do we want to finish the show here? <laughs> we with we some got Dick's, to it Dick's last dollars. week. I don't. I thought we skipped over it last week. No, maybe, maybe we did. I mean, hey, the Dick's dollars. They're just counting dollars. and counting and counting. All right, Dick's dollars. Thank you, thank yeah. you, Tyler. For, uh, for those who don't know, it's a segment of our show where we track in real time the money that the Saint or the the Rockies have given the St. Louis Cardinals to employ the best franchise <laughs> player they have ever had. So to date, today. Tuesday, June 1st, the Rockies have given the St. Louis Cardinals $11,666,000 I'm sorry. Wow, big numbers. $11,666,666.66. That's a weird number. Can you round it up, Connor, to like 67? Can we not? That's not how Dick Dollars works. Dick Dollars works. See, that's why I was stumbling over my studio now. We all just got the 666 curse on us there. I'm sitting here looking at my... I mean, that's why I stumbled. I'm sitting here looking at my phone, and it's like 11 and a million sixes. But the way that that math was going, I think that would have ultimately rounded up to six seven. Can yeah, we at least so end with yeah. six seven there? Yeah, yeah. Hang on, let me do that again. <laughs> Eleven million six hundred sixty-six thousand six hundred sixty-six dollars and sixty-six cents. We don't round up in six oh, dollars. That's geez. a lot, and that's painful to go through. That's uh, yeah, like paying for an ex-girlfriend or ex-wife, you know, dinner with their new. With their new husband. No, that, or that's like being on a trip to Cabo. Actually, there's a lot of guys seeing... listening going, hey, that's alimony. I know yeah. what that is. No, it's, <laughs> like, it's like being hey, on I a trip you. to Cabo and then seeing your ex on a <laughs> right. trip to Cabo. Like, wait a second. Oh, yeah, who's so, paying well, for that? That's tough. Isn't, that's, that, uh, that's isn't tough. that that movie? Isn't there that movie where the guy goes and sees his ex? I'm sure, there's a billion oh, movies. Oh, uh, like uh, forgetting Sarah Marshall. Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Thank you. There you Dang, go. Dang, I thought I was, I was on the one. Planet there. of the I Apes. I thought I was on to one. Yeah, Planet mm-hmm. of the Apes. That's a close second. Anyways, one, one of these days hey. we're gonna do a show about all the great movie ideas that I have. They're <laughs> oh, fantastic. If you want movie ideas, we'll do a whole show, dude. No, I, I've don't got, get Tyler started I've got on lists movie ideas. Of movie ideas. Oh my I got god, some really good. Oh my movie god. Ideas. Maybe someday we will have you come in here and, <laughs> yes. and tell the listeners your ridiculous movie ideas. All right, let me let me quickly give a great movie idea. I'll make it succinct but it's sports related okay what do you mean so, you'll okay. make it succinct all your movie ideas are no. succinct uh, all right, he so, has these ideas that are like five seconds of an listen, idea listen listen this is a good one it's a, okay? it's a short so we'll do vic fangio i'll use vic fangio okay, okay. vic fangio okay. goes into a closet that he realizes is a time machine and it takes him back to like the mid 70s and vic fangio who's in my opinion, a dinosaur of a coach now takes all these new ideas that people have come up with in modern football and applies it in the 70s and becomes a great winning coach. And he's torn with this decision. Do I go back or do I stay here? And then the camera zooms out. Uh, it's okay. always zooms out. No, that's actually Every one good. of Tyler's movies. That's that- actually good stuff, Isn't that good? Tyler? Wouldn't that be good? Because I was thinking on. it's kind of similar to the idea of Back to the Future 
two when he goes to the future gets the the uh, world's it, records or whatever or not the records but the the stats no, of all the original. all the seasons right that's similar in idea <laughs> who would play Vic Fangio maybe like Clint Eastwood or something <laughs> no 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 you got to get a let's a, go for it thicker forth. I'm thinking a thicker guy here. yeah a little bigger dude who would play him like uh who's the who's the actor on Modern Family you know the he was also on uh, uh, that show in the nineties. Right, uh, married with Children. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, he he would be good. Uh, shoot, what is his name? Right, Modern. Anyways, anyways no, we're, no, we're, we're, <laughs> okay. No new rule. No Ed, more Ed O'Neill. So I was no more ending with Rocky's talk because if we haven't already lost, I mean, you guys lost me along the way here somewhere. So if we haven't lost <laughs> the audience by now, it'd be a miracle if any if anyone. You know, what we should do is we should drop like some nice juicy nugget at the end here right. that like. Just if you, hey, everyone listening out there, go out and follow us hey, on. Twitter you know who would be a good, you know who'd be a good Vic Fangio, oh. William Shatner. William Shatner. Oh, oh that'd be pretty Shat. good. Yeah, I like Shat. that. We're gonna go William Shatner. <laughs> That's pretty good. All right. Uh, I guess so. Could you imagine him on a or Gary Busey maybe? <laughs> Gary Busey. <laughs> <laughs> the two extremes. Okay. Okay. All Give right, me some wrap right. up music. Right, it's yeah, time let's... to get out of here. We thank you guys for tuning in. We're gonna get out of here. Go check out this Nuggets game. Let's hope for a big win tonight. You guys can catch us each and every week. We'll have new shows out. We we record Tuesdays. They come out every Wednesday morning. For Connor Holzkamp, Tyler Walji, I'm Jared All. This has been the Red Rock Sports Podcast. <laughs>